things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. Jesus, I love you. You're my favorite. Oh, I could not do this life without you, Lord. You know. God, you know that I am a hot mess without you, Jesus. And I'm a hot mess with you, Lord Jesus, and I'm just thankful for you. Lord, I pray today as I preach this word that you remind me through every little moment that I speak that it's your word and not mine. God, let this revelation be your revelation. Let every single person, from the sound of my voice, whether they're watching online, God, or whether they're sitting in the building to feel inspired, and ready to love the world the way you did and the way that you do. Love you with all my heart. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, we all say, amen. All right, so we're week three in the Rebuild series. Um, I'm going to give you a quick recap because I like recaps. Week one, we talked about who Nehemiah was. Pretty much, long story short, there's a dude who was in exile. The Hebrew people were in exile and they went back to Jerusalem to build, to rebuild the walls that had been torn down during the exile. And the first week, what we talked about was the importance of what it looks like to build together. To build together. Because nothing is weirder than having to do something on your own. It's better when you do it together. And then the second week, my beautiful husband, so handsome, he talked about how to win in the spiritual. How to win, how do you win when you're building? It's one thing to start building. It's another thing to want to choke each other out when you're building. You know what I'm saying? Because people are dumb. Anyways, so like last week, don't look at me like that. I know that you're like, I know, I know what you do for a living. And then I secretly think that you're judging me the whole time. Guys, Haley, she's really smart. You guys that watch online, you're really missing the craziness that happens when I'm preaching here live. Okay, anyways, here we go. Moving on. So week two, we talked about the win in building. What does it look like? What do you do when you're facing outward opposition? He talked about that. He talked about what to do when you're facing outward opposition. So today I'm going to talk about what it looks like when you face inward opposition. Not only with you yourself, but with people that are really close. Because isn't it funny how the people who are usually the closest are usually the ones that deserve a slap in the face with a chair? Hmm. You did mm because you thought about it. It's okay. I saw it on a meme and it worked. It's true. So we find Nehemiah dealing with some inward opposition. We find Nehemiah dealing with some inward opposition. It's important that you understand that injustice doesn't just happen outside the walls of your life, but it happens on the inside walls of your life. And so my hope and my prayer today is as we talk about this, and as I continue to say awkward things that I'll regret later, I want you to know that there's a way to go about navigating these things and navigating them with honor, navigating them with integrity, navigating with ease. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read the story. It's about 13 verses. So guys, 
if you didn't get your Bible reading in, you're gonna about to get it in. I'm going to read through it, and then I'm just going to give you what I feel like the Lord gave me in the way that I feel like he gave it. And my prayer is this. This is my prayer. I'm going to give you the chotty version, right? What I want you to do as I'm talking, I want you to process, Lord, what does this mean for me? Because when I read this, this is what I felt like the Lord gave it to me for me. And that's what's so cool about the word of God, is it like lights something up within you. That's why it's so important that we're in the word. Amen? Okay, here we go. I'm going to be in Nehemiah 5, 1 through 13. We're going to jump in. As time went on, a different kind of conflict arose. Common men and their wives cried out against some of their fellow Jews. So pretty much uh, the way they explained it to me when I first started studying this was the haves started taking advantage of the have-nots. Anybody can say they've... uh, Yep, no, anyone? No, okay, here we go. Haves and have-nots. Jewish without land. The Jews without land, our families are large and we need food set along with our children. We will not starve. Let us have grain. And then the Jewish landowner said, as a result of our famine, we're pledging livelihoods. Even our fields, our vineyards, and our homes are mortgaged. And then other Jewish landowners said, we're borrowing money so that we can pay King uh, Artaxerxes' tax on the fields and vineyards because of the famine. Pretty much everyone's getting it, guys. And then all the Jews said, but even though we are debtors, we are still the same people as our creditors, the same flesh, the same blood. And even though our children are the same as their children, they're raising money for taxes by selling our children into slavery. In fact, some of our daughters are slaves already. We are helpless to do anything about it. Why? Because our fields and our vineyards now belong to our creditors. And when I heard this outcry, these charges filled me with anger. It's Nehemiah talking. When I heard this outcry, these charges filled me with anger. After reflecting over what to do, I determined to confront those responsibly, responsible directly. He went to confront the people responsible directly, the Jewish nobles and the officials who represented uh, Artaxerxes um, in Jerusalem. And Nehemiah says, you are exploiting your own people by charging them interest. And great many people assembled to witness my sentencing of the leaders. At great expense, we have been laboring to buy back our brothers and our sisters, fellow Jews who have been enslaved to pagan nations. Now we discover that you are the ones selling them away in the first place. We are buying them from you. There's nothing they could say. Their silence confirmed their guilt. Nehemiah then says, this thing you're doing is not good. It is not good to walk and live our lives in fear of the awesomeness of our true God. Their actions cause our enemies, those pagan nations, to mock us. It is true that my brothers and I, even my followers, are lending money and grain to our poor brothers and sisters so that they can feed themselves and their families. But from this point forward, we must stop charging interest. In fact, we must immediately return their collateral. Fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and interest of money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. And the nobles said, we will give everything back, and in the future, nothing more will be demanded from them. We will do everything you have said. I called the priests to join us and had those men make oaths before the gathering so that they would be held accountable to do what they promised. And I shook out my robe. You know, there's always a choice when you see things going wrong. There's always a choice. You can always be one of those people that uh, hopes for the best. You ever, you ever seen one of those people? The hope for the best people? It'll work out. It'll work itself out. I have a tattoo on the back of my arm. It's a circus tent. And it's because I always say, it's not my monkey. 
not my circus. It's not my monkey, not my circus. I can't deal with that right now. It's not my monkey, not my circus. And so the Lord reminded me of this as I was working his. Because I was like, yeah, those hope for the best people. He's like, dude, you have a tattoo. You're a hope for the best people. I was a little offended by the Lord, but then I continued. Guys, I'm never going to preach something that I myself am not currently walking through. Or have walked through to the other side. When I'm facing injustice, if I'm facing a situation, an inward conflict, not only for myself, but for other people, I always go, man, am I one of those hope for the best people? Or am I a help and comfort people type of person? Or am I one of those people that's going to confront the justice? When I was a kid, I was the confront the justice lady. Okay, my brother had a teacher, Miss Ladico. Dun dun dun. Okay, so Miss Ladico was like super 80s. She had like those white van glasses. You know which ones I'm talking about. The white van glasses, the ones that you're like, she's gonna end up on Dateline. Anyways, so she had like this really ugly hair. She was not cute. There was nothing cute about this woman. I feel so bad now saying this at 41, but she was not cute. My brother, he was 10, I was nine, best friends. And so she told him in class, shut up. I'm sorry, what'd you say? She told my brother to shut up. If I wasn't holding a microphone, I would clap my hands in between the words. She told him to shut up. And he came to me and he said, Miss Ladico told me to shut up in class today. It hurt my feelings. I said, oh, did she now? Did she now? Please hold, turn, walked my little tiny behind, walked over to that door, swung it open. Like it hit. Do you ever open a door where it slams? It was like... And so I look at her, and I go, hey, Miss Ladico. And she just, like, looks at me from afar. And I just, like, stomp my little behind back up over there, and I go, did you tell my brother to shut up? Did you tell my brother to shut up? And she goes, I, I did. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. And I just turned around and walked away. My mom beat me. My mom beat me after that. I got straight beat. I got beat when I got home. I got beat in the car. I'm, I'm Spanish. There was a beating. There was beating with shoes. There was just, I deserved every bit of that. That was not a good way to fight that battle. Oh, my God. And I did that, like, my whole life. I, like, misladecoed people. Like, did you just say that to me? Did you just say that? Okay. You know what this is? A lunch tray. You know what I'm saying? Like, that just... That's not what God wants for us. He does not want us to miss Ladico people. And when we're facing internal conflicts, if that's your go-to, you're doing it wrong. <sighs> oh, Miss Ladico. I Googled her just in case, you know. <laughs> you know, you don't want that problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be on the internet. Okay, so Nehemiah did not miss Ladico the situation. He did four things that we as believers of Jesus, we as good humans, should do when we face a problem. So if you are going to write notes, write these jokers down. Ready? In verse 6, he said, I heard their outcry in these charges. Empathy hears. Empathy hears. Are you an empathetic listener? Are you one of those people that listens so that you can say something stupid afterwards? Are you that person that listens and is like, I got a good story after this? Or are you actually listening? Do you listen to people that are really struggling? Are you listening to people that don't agree with you? Are you listening to people that may not have the same belief system as you? Are you actually listening? Because you know what Jesus did? Listened. Do you know what Nehemiah did? Listened. People in those Bible that do incredible things, people in life that impact the kingdom, they listen. The second thing, compassion feels. He said, I was very angry. 
Now, it doesn't say I was very angry and so I went and I misledicoed these people. He said I was just very angry. Compassion feels. Compassion feels. Guys, you should feel something when things go wrong. Hope for the best people? We don't really get a whole lot done. Thankfully, thankfully, I've somehow found an in-between between my not-my-monkey, not-my-circus and Miss Ladico. But those that see things, they should, you should feel something when things are going wrong. But these are in order. Empathy hears, compassion feels. The next thing is wisdom thinks. He says, I pondered them in my mind. Before you speak up, before you do anything, you should have really heard what the problem is. You should be able to really, in a very healthy way, process your feelings and then sit and ponder. Because wisdom thinks. You know what you do in that third step? You're seeking God in that. Like, God, what do you say about this? What are you doing about this? I think sometimes when I'm uh, struggling or when I feel like someone is like, you know, stabbing me in the front and I can see it coming or I'm dealing with injustice in the world, I skip a couple of these and then I go speak up. I'm not a Facebook fighter. I don't do that. I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm going to go pick a fight on Facebook. That's not a real thing. Facebook's not a real place. No one cares. Um, but I see a lot of people, they, they hit it up. And, they, and I'm like, you know what that person, they went from, they jumped they jumped past listening, and they felt something. And then they jumped past the wisdom part, and they jumped right down to Facebook. Feelings in Facebook. Stay away from it. It's the truth, man. You know those people. I got those people in my family. And I tell them all the time, you look dumb right now. Stop. Stop. Nehemiah took four steps before confronting the injustice he saw. He heard, he felt, he thought, and then he spoke up. Understanding speaks up. Understanding? I mean, you got, you got the people that speak up that don't have any true understanding. But I will tell you this, they won't have any impact. At least the impact that has influence. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. I think of impact like a firm slap in the mouth. Like my grandma, she used to pop me in the mouth all the time. Love her little face. So she would like, you know, that didn't really have an impact. It was just kind of like, oh, that's, oh, my God. But it did have some influence. Because you know what I stopped doing? Talking back. I don't want to have an impact that goes away. I want to have an influence that stays. An understanding. Understanding stays. It has a kingdom influence. So as I was sitting here and I was looking through these notes and I was praying through what to share with you, I realized something very clearly, that understanding looks very, 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 very specific. The first thing is that it's facts over feelings. Nehemiah spoke specifically to what was wrong. He said, I told them, you are charging your own people with interest. Um, what I have realized in my 41 years of life and 20 plus years of vocational ministry is that people have a lot of feelings. One day I want to write a book about the millennial generation, start every chapter with Dear Millennial and call it Fun and Feelings. Everybody has feelings. Feelings are awesome. And I say this probably every time I preach. Feelings are good, but they're not God. They're a compass. They're an indicator light. And we live in a world full of feelings. And I'm down with feelings because I have a whole lot of them. I have a podcast called I Cry in Corners. 
Jesus cried in a corner. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. But you know what he did? Then he got up and he was awesome. Everybody's allowed to have feelings, but your feelings can't have you. You know? Be specific about what's wrong. If you see something that's wrong, if you feel like something is wrong and somebody's doing something, be specific about it. Don't be like, I feel like you did this. No, what did they actually do? What, nothing makes my husband more want to like, yeah, than when I'm like, I feel like this is what you did. You were super mean to me. And he goes, what did I actually say? I don't know. Has any other woman in this room been mad at her husband for 45 minutes, but you can't remember what they actually did? Am I the only woman in the room who will legit angry pants at my poor husband, who's the nicest person in the world, and legit, I don't remember what he did. And he'll be like, what, what did I do? And I'll be like, you were mean. Yeah, but what did I specifically do? Well, it's because you said something mean to me. What did, what, did I, what did I say? Repeat it back to me. And I'm like, I don't even remember right now. Most of our lives, we're going to be mad at something we don't even really understand. Digging having like shower fights you ever had a shower fight you know what I'm talking about you never fought with somebody in the shower that's not there like when they say this then I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna do this and this and like you ever done that like no you never you liar you're a liar right now you're lying you're lying to Jesus I'm here I can see it I no one's ever done I'm the only one that has full-on arguments and stuff that no one ever happens that's fine that's fine Nehemiah was not having shower fights he went straight to those people and was like you dumb this is what you did this is what you did Facts over feelings, guys. We tend to want to minimize and ignore facts sometime because it doesn't fit our narrative. I'm in branding. I don't know if you know this. Like for my job, I brand things, right? For a living. Like I go to companies and I can tell you what your internal brand is and what your external brand is. Okay, so like an iceberg is a brand. I'm about to do, I'm about to pitch you what I pitch people. So the top of the iceberg is what everybody sees. That's your, what? What would you think that would is? External. There you go. You're listening. Okay, internal brand is that one nobody sees. It's like the foundational pieces. It's the big part that hit the Titanic. Jesus has a brand. And his brand, that bottom half, is love and compassion, and kindness. And you know what it should look like? Love, compassion, and kindness. But for some reason, people have taken his brand and replaced it with religion and Facebook fights and nonsense. And so when I get into a situation where I want to misladico somebody... I have to remember the brand in which I represent. And that brand is Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, who speaks love, who speaks compassion, who speaks kindness. <sighs> Religion is sad bear. Jesus is not. Religion is hard to deal with. I read a lot of history books because I want to know all the things that we've messed up so that we don't do it again. Nothing is more scary than a pastor than to watch people who I've loved and who have led, who have mistreated people and done horrible things, and then now I'm a pastor going, please, dear Jesus, how do I never do that? Because I pray that all the time. Please, God, let me see people. Please, God, let me love people. God, send everybody nobody wants, Lord, and let me love them. Because it's the only thing I got. I don't have a theology degree to be up here. I just know how to love people. Like, can we be a community that doesn't care about the craziness of the world and just loves people? Can we do that? 
You can't do that if you're all up in your feelings. Drake, he's such a bad rapper. Okay, anyways, he's such a bad rapper. I'm from the 90s. Bring back Tupac Lord. He's alive. I know it. I'm just going to call Jada and be like, hey, anyway, sorry, that got weird. That got weird. It got weird. Okay, sorry. And we're back. Sorry, Jesus. This is why they only let me preach twice a month. Okay. The second thing is clarity. Clarity is kind. Be clear with why what's wrong. Nehemiah, he didn't just tell them morally what was wrong. He didn't just tell them spiritually what was wrong. He told them missionally what was wrong. Guys, if you want to fix something, you better have the research to be able to back it up. Nobody wants to hear about what you feel about it. Tell me how to actually fix it. Tell me how to actually fix it. Nothing. Okay, so I work, I work with tons of creatives. And so for the last 10 years, I've worked with creatives in the church. You want to talk about feelings? Feelings are creatives in the church because everybody's an artist. Everybody's an artist. And everybody has feelings about their pictures and their graphics and everything. And I'm just like, nobody cares, dude. Nobody cares. Like, just put the graphic up. It's not that big of a deal. It's not a kingdom issue. I feel like when we have too many feelings, we make us issues into kingdom issues. Nehemiah was just like, look, spiritually, this is wrong. Morally, this is wrong. Keep going. Missionally, this is wrong. Facts, dude. When we're navigating things, dude, can we just do it with love and stop putting ourselves in it? I wrote this down. Please don't be mad. Do what is right because it's right. Don't complicate your justice with your feelings. Just, what did he, what did Martin Luther King said that justice is love calculated? Like a calculated way to love? Here's Nehemiah. He's watching his people being mistreated. And in response, he's clear and he's kind. Clarity's kindness. You know what's not kindness? Confusion. Speaking in riddles. Don't use words nobody understands. Nobody needs that. Just speak to what is true. If you're, brain, if you're attached to the right brand, if you're attached to Jesus in the right way, everybody that encounters you is going to know who you are. Everybody's going to know who you are. Jesus said in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You guys, the way of Jesus is full of empathy and hears compassion that really feels Wisdom that stops and ponders and understanding that speaks up with kind clarity. I'm going to say it again because I want you to hear it. Jesus in the Gospel of John said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way of Jesus is full of empathy that hears, compassion that really feels, wisdom that stops and ponders, and understanding that speaks up with kind clarity. Be kind and be clear, please. You see injustice. If you feel like something's going on in your world... Go through the four steps. Make the right choices. And then if you do speak up, be clear. Don't be all about your feelings. Looking like me and Miss Ladico. The other thing is humility is key. Be vulnerable about your faults. The thing about this dude that I love so much, Nehemiah, is he was like, yo, I, I was doing it too. My bad. My bad. I, I was making this decision. I was making a bad decision as well. I was taxing them as well. You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. If you really want to be a person who lives out justice the way Jesus lived out justice, then you got to look inward. You have to look inward. What are you doing for you? I think people sometimes 
I work with, I used to work with a lot of young people and they'd be like, Chadi, I want, I want to be a pastor. And I'd be like, cool, who are you pastoring now? And they'd be like, what? Like, you can't even pastor yourself. Like, I need you to pastor yourself. Start with you, you know? Oh, I want to be a missionary. Send me off to the far places, right? Cool, you can't even be a missionary in your school. Be a missionary in your school. You know what I mean? If you're sitting around trying to be a missionary and nobody in work, at work knows you're a Christian because you're just the mean lady at work, you're just that dude at work that nobody wants to contend with, God can't use you for the mission field if he can't even use you for the mission field you're in. I had a friend one time that was like, I want to be a worship leader. I'm gonna, I want to be a worship leader that sings to the nations. I'm like, then go sing in a couple bars and then every third song, throw in a Hillsong song. That's what I used to do. You know how many people I led to the Lord in the bars? Lots. At least I got to pray with people. People be like, you're going to go sing in bars? Where was Jesus? In the places around the people that no one thought were worthy. Nehemiah, the first thing he did is he looked inward because he can't help anybody until he fixes himself. Are you living out love? Are you? In your life, nothing frustrates me more than when people in ministry are always like talking about family and talking about things, but their kids are off the chain. And you're just like, bro, take care of your kids. I do a lot of judging. I do a lot of judging. I just feel like, look, I'm looking inward. I'm looking inward. I'm judgy. I'm judgy. Or like their wife always looks really sad bear and doesn't want to be at church. And I'm like, dude, take care of your family. God will take care of his. You know? What can you do inward to love yourself better? What can you do inward to love your world better? What can you do inward to love your family better? Justice will happen. Not because we're hoping for the best, but because we serve a God that loves justice. Humility is key. The fourth thing is he, uh, be full of solutions. Be direct about how to make things right, not only with yourself, but with others. Do what's right because it's right. Because I'm in a, I work in a field that uh, a lot of people have feelings, you know, they're artists. Artists really only care about their art. Creatives, on the other hand, care about bringing solutions, right? You actually, ready, I'm about to tell you something. You're a creative. Everybody in this room has been called to create heaven on earth in their spaces. Everybody here is a creative. God uses artists, but you're a creative, you're a creative, you're a creative. God has called you to bring solutions to this world. Are you bringing solutions to your everyday world and not just problems? Pastor Esteban talked about it last week. Are you a hater or are you a teacher? Because haters just tell you what the problems are. So teachers actually can tell you what the problem is, walk you through it, and walk you the whole way to the end. I want to be a teacher. I want to love people in a creative way, in a creative space that allows the, <laughs> the brand of heaven to come down to earth and where people can feel the presence of God and experience all that Jesus is. Can we be that? That's all I want. That's all I want for my family. That's all I want for you. That's what we pray for when no one else is around. God, please, that you did not send me all the way down to a perpetual summer when you knew I wanted to move to New York. It's so freaking hot here. 
gets intense. Yes, because I don't have the time. I don't have the luxury to not love Jesus that way. And you are now, unfortunately, attached to this crazy lady. And I will not let you not love people the way Jesus loved people. God, I don't want to love people that. I don't want to not love people. You know people that I don't know. I don't know all of your names. Buy dinner for people. Buy coffee for people. Invite people to church. Who did you invite to church this week? I invited a whole slew of people. They didn't come, but I invited them. Lynn's here, and she'll testify to this. We do an outreach in our neighborhood. 150 people, right? Eating tacos. I got to pray for people this week that are not believers. Some of them that are Muslim asked me for prayer this week. People that do not know the Jesus that I know came to me and asked me for prayer this week. Who's asking you for prayer? Who's coming up to you going, I know there's something different in your life. Guys, I'm not perfect. I'm not. We all know this. God, if we could just be a community that's not just in this city, but for this city. If we could just be people, that when people encounter us, that they would experience heaven on earth. That they would encounter us in whatever affliction that they have, that they would encounter healing like this. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what injustice you feel that the world is coming at you. I will tell you there is a God who hears you. There is a God who feels. There is a God who has empathy and compassion and wisdom and is sitting at the right hand of his Father interceding on your behalf. I am preaching way better than what you're giving it to me, guys. You know, I'm getting on a plane to New York in a little bit. And all I think about sometimes when I leave you guys is, God, did I give them enough kingdom solutions? Because I can come up here and give you a cool verse, it's something fun and inspirational that fills your life with temporal solutions. But it's Jesus we need. Can I go over three minutes before I do communion? Three minutes. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth, not... The salt of the earth, that's what the Bible calls you. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? If it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. If you remember anything I say today, just be salt. Just be salt. Jesus did not die a horrible death on the cross for you to be red hot chili flakes, paprika, cayenne pepper, whatever weird spice you think that you need to be because it's who you are. It's not who you are. Jesus called you to be salt. Go love people. Shh. Just be love. Just be salt. Salt loses its flavor when it's impacted by impurities. That means it's in the wrong place. That means they put that salt and stored it in the wrong place. Some of you, where are you storing your heart? Where are you storing your mind? Where are you storing your words? Just be salt, please. Like, it's Mother's Day. Be, do it for your mom. You know what I mean? Like, 
just be salt. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. I love how everybody wants to use the truth to allow them to pick fights on Facebook. Everybody wants to use life, you know, for whatever political thing that they want to throw life at. But he is the way. Jesus is the way. That means that it doesn't matter what you're, that doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what emotional thing you're working through. He is the way. I don't know what road that you're walking on today, but I'm telling you right now that Jesus is the way. I don't know what you're struggling through. I don't know what affliction you have. Jesus is the way. So just be salt. Just be salt. Just be No, but it should be. You're not paprika, not chili peppers. The world will tell you that you're this and you're that. You walk into every room and the world will tell you who you are. But I just want Jesus to tell me who I am. I don't know if you guys have those little communion cups. If you don't raise your hand, our team's going to bring one to you. So as they do that, I'm just going to close here. Jesus is the only thing that will ever rebuild your walls. He's the only thing that will keep you salty in a world of humidity and nonsense. <laughs> He's the one that will keep you mature and stewarding your feelings with empathy and compassion and wisdom and understanding. He's also full of the clear, humble solutions that you need in life. Guys, I don't mean to be this emotional. I honestly was really good this morning. I don't know what happened. I just don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I can't. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe because I'm turning 41 in a couple days. Do you know that a year ago, a year ago this week, it's the anniversary that God told my husband and I to leave our jobs. I thought about that on the front row. I remember driving to work, this, this career that I had built over years and years. I was like, I'm going to win an Emmy. I'm going to make documentaries. This is a life that God's called me to. And God was like, don't miss your exit. I looked at him. I was like, something's wrong. I feel like the Lord just told us to leave our jobs. We took seven months off, seven months of sabbatical, seven months of seeking God. Neither one of us thought we would ever be in ministry again. Not because we didn't love it, but because we felt like it, maybe that it was done. Maybe we just wanted to be obedient. And God said, I know where I'm sending your salt. He didn't send us here for any other reason but to be loved and be salt. He didn't bring you here today anything else salt and love to the world hey guys thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave um, I don't know encouraged encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world and uh, yeah just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you and uh, let's um, I don't know stay in touch send me a DM let me know how this message blessed you and um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, so whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys, uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos. <laughs>